just absolutely, it's just a joy. And I, I really appreciate the opportunity of being able to come here. I love the presence of God as we worship together. Thank you very much, Tom, for leading us in that. Um, 2012, my wife and I, Des, Des is my wife, and we were, we, were able, we were able to go to the USA. And some of it was work and some of it was um, holiday. And one of the things I've always wanted to do is see the Grand Canyon. And um, we seized the opportunity, took time out, and we, we drove in and parked the car. We went to reception, got the maps, and then we walked. I can see it now. We just sort of walked along this little pathway, and, and then there it was. Oh, it's just, oh, it's truly majestic. I mean, it's absolutely majestic. And I, I mean, I've seen the programs and I've, I've seen pictures of the Grand Canyon, but I assure you, there's nothing, nothing like standing in front of this a majestic sight. And there were people over on my right-hand side and they were talking. And I was thinking, why are you doing that? Why are you chatting? Well, we've got all of this in front of you. I just, it rendered me speechless. And the panorama of it all was just breathtaking. And when you get to this first chapter in Ephesians of Paul's letter to this church, someone said it's the greatest panorama of salvation that you could ever read. And yet, I would add to that and go, you know, this is the heartbeat of God for you. So I hope we catch that. And if you've got a Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. If you haven't, don't worry, the words will come up on the screen um, behind me or to the sides of me. And uh, you'll find that the Apostle Paul, as he recounts this, is hardly speechless. It's, um, so I'm going to read it, and if you have a Bible, please go with it. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also 
were included in Christ, when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Well, as you read this, um, as you read these verses, you get the impression that the Apostle Paul uh, begins, begins to recount the wonder of his salvation, and he seems to get on a roll. I don't know if you noticed that. He seems to get on a roll, and uh, it's a praise and worship where, where words and phrases, they just keep coming, and, and yet it would seem are still not enough for him what, what he wants to express. He just keeps, keeps running on here. I mean, this is such a joy-filled letter. You know, if you have time this week, just run through it all. Run through it all. And uh, he tells us that he's an ambassador in chains. He's writing from a prison cell, which, believe you me, <laughs> would have been unimaginatively, and I wouldn't even use the word basic, primitive, unbelievably primitive. And here he is in this place, declaring the blessings that are his and yours in Christ, irrespective of the situation in which he finds himself. So we're going to explore this morning three things. How are these blessings possible? And what are these blessings? And why are these blessings possible? So first, first of all, how are these blessings possible? You know, often we're tempted to think that our blessings are dependent on our present circumstances. So as we come into holiday season, as we, you know, we'll get WhatsApp and Facebook and there's an avalanche of idyllic scenes of countryside and beaches and sunshine and all that stuff. And to which you probably have the comment, hashtag blessed. Well, the blessings that Paul has have nothing to do with where he is situated. The environment of his present cell, you know, it's all down to his life in Christ. And as you read these blessings that Paul rolls out one after the other, after the other, you'll notice, and I don't know if you did, but there's a key phrase that runs through it, in Christ. And sometimes he uses the words in him. And through him, my friends, it's all about Jesus Christ. You cannot miss it. Verse 3 goes, every spiritual blessing in Christ. Verse 4 says, for he chose us in him. Verse 6, grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Me, i.e., in Christ. Verse 7, in him. Verse 9, which he purposed in Christ, and, and just so it goes on. And, you know, if you have Jesus, you have a, every spiritual blessing. This is what it is to be a Christian. Central to being a Christian, it's, it's just to be united with Christ. You cannot have these blessings any other way. I've spoken to people, particularly over these last three years, a number of people I've been in conversation with tell, tell me, you know, Neil, I'm quite a spiritual person. Listen, you only get this in Christ. I mean, however spiritual you find, your, you think of yourself, these blessings are only in Christ. You know, you think of a st stick of rock. 
You know, as you look at it, you know, on the words of a stick of rock, it's just on the top it's got Brighton Rock or Eastbourne Rock or wherever. And then, but if you break it, you'll find the words are still there. Uh, halfway down it, Brighton Rock. <laughs> well, it's the same for us in Christ. The truth that we're in Christ runs all the way through every part of our life in Christ. These blessings are yours. Is this true for you today? Today, I mean, now, this moment, this is true. And irrespective of what went on this week, or this month, or last year, or over the years, it's true. Those in Christ, this is true now. I want you to grasp hold of that. You might say to me, Neil, I don't deserve to have, I don't deserve these blessings. This, this has nothing to do with what you think you deserve. Or what you don't deserve. In him they are freely given. And I, I just don't want you to miss it. You know, many years ago, Des and I were going to France and we were, we were held back at the gate. And... We didn't really know why. And all these people filed through. And I'm beginning to think, there's a problem here. There's a problem. And, and then they speak to us when everybody's gone through. They said, uh, we just want to let you know we've, we've upgraded you to business class. Now, this is new territory for us. And all this space. And you... Get there and you sit down and then they, they offer you champagne. And, that, and the breakfast was marvelous. It was brilliant. And it was free. And it was just wonderful. I tell you, we really liked it. We did. I didn't fret. Now you hear this. I didn't fret as to you know, whether I deserved it or not. I didn't sit in that thing and say, oh, do I deserve this? Do I, I didn't. I never gave it a thought. I wasn't dragged to the seat either. I was more than willing to sit in business class. Believe you me. And as I sat in business class, I had no misgivings whatsoever about whether I deserved it or not. I didn't wonder whether I qualified for this because it was nothing to do with that. We were there because someone knew us and were influential in the airlines, put in a word for us. They call this friends in high places. We have a friend above every other friend, which you are united in Christ. That is a wonder, it's a truth. It's not about your feelings. This is true. You're not united to a set of doctrines or a church statement of faith. You're united to a person. And this person is Jesus Christ. And in Christ, <coughs> I get what I don't deserve. And how is this possible? I'm in Christ. I suppose the key question, even at this point, is to say, are you? It's a really important question because they come no other way 
but in Christ, are you? Do you know what Jesus has done for you? Well, perhaps we'll pick up on that later. But the second question would be, well, what are these blessings? <laughs> well, I'm only going to touch on three. And they, they just roll one after the other. And, you know, you are chosen. You are adopted. You are redeemed. You know, he, for, verse 4 says, for he chose us. Christians, please get that. He put his hand on you and chose you. And the Bible tells us we were chosen before the creation of the world. That's really important because you realize then it's not down to you. He did this. He chose you. And why is that? Quite, well, quite simply, you weren't around before the creation of the world. Now, there are some older people here. I know that, but they're not that old. Okay, so quite, you weren't. You're God's choice. It's all down to him, not you. This is an identity matter. Your significance, your security, your acceptance. It's all wrapped up in the truth that you have been chosen by God. Christians, please get a hold of that. And don't lose it. And now I love this truth. And the reason I love it is because um, of things in my past where I've always had the tendency to look for my significance in, in, in how I performed or, or what I achieved, something to prove somehow that I was worthwhile or significant or deserving. I love this truth. The writer of this letter is absolutely clear about it. I mean, in another letter, he writes to this church in Philippi, and he, he puts all his credentials on the table. You know, he says, you know, he basically says, I had it all. I had it all. Of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews, <laughs> Pharisee, zealous, legalistic righteousness. Oh, I had it all. It's rubbish, he says. I count it all rubbish compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. Our identity is not in our achievements. Get away from that one, please. Or your status. It's in him. You've been chosen. Handpicked. I know this raises questions. But what you mustn't do is let, let it undermine this astounding truth that God has set his heart on you. It's really personal, this. God didn't make a mistake. He didn't make a mistake. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't, oh, well, suppose so. Nothing like that. He set his heart on you. It wasn't, it wasn't about your well-being, thought, your well-thought-out decision-making process here, or even your morality. Perhaps that was a cut above the, your peers. No. He chose you before the creation of the world. Therefore, the basis of us being chosen rests in God's choice. Now, I know that some people find that troubling. You say, oh, isn't that just random? Even unfair. Where does human responsibility fit into all of that? You may be even thinking, have you raised that, Neil? Yes. And it's without doubt a big question. And there are different perspectives about this matter. The Bible gives us a mystery here. 
which I have to say, as a human being, I can't fully fathom. And it's too often used, it's an often used illustration is, the Bible seems to say this. It seems to say that as you approach a doorway, above it is written, open to all comers who trust in Jesus Christ. And as soon as you walk through the doorway, you look round, and on the other side of the doorway, it says chosen before the foundation of the earth. I don't know how both these things are fully true. But Paul doesn't present it as a puzzle. And he doesn't present it as a problem. He just sees it as a great sense of security, confidence. Our salvation is not dependent on man and the choice of man. It's solely and entirely on the choice of God, the grace of God. And if you're a Christian, you've been united to Christ. You cannot ununite yourself. And he won't ununite you. Irrespective of where you think you are, that can't happen. Listen, Jesus said, all those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. And here's that other truth Romans says, isn't it? Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. This is amazing truth. I'm chosen in Christ. And then as if to absolutely cement the matter, he says, we've been adopted as sons through Jesus Christ. I mean, chosen is one thing, but adopted. We've been adopted. Last year, you know, we had a, we had a number of builders come because <laughs> we needed some work done on the house. And, and one of them arrived. And we got into a conversation with him. And he started to tell us that when they moved into that area, they decided they were going to adopt a little boy. And he pulls out his wallet, and he pulls a picture of the little boy out on his wallet. And he was full of it. Absolutely full of it. This child had come from less ideal circumstances, I can assure you. And he was absolutely full of it. It was wonderful for him. Don't you see how God feels about you? It's wonderful. You're wonderful in his sight. He didn't say, he didn't go, oh, well, suppose I ought to adopt you now. Chose you out. No. He didn't do that at all. No, he is full of it. Delighted that you have found life in his son. No, no reticence on God's part here. No regrets. <laughs> Please. He delights in you. There's a common perception among Christians that to some degree the father is a little bit more aloof you know, and, and less loving than the son. Jesus said, if you see me, you have seen the father. This is what he's like. Father didn't need more persuading. What I don't want to do is get caught up in concepts of being chosen, adopted, redeemed, and you I don't want you to miss the heart behind it. In the second letter of Paul's uh, to the church in Corinth, he starts with this line, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's go, here it goes. Here, The Father of mercies and God of all comfort. In the word mercies means divine compassion. 
this, my friends, is the way God is. My book of the year last year is called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. If you haven't got it, you like reading, get it. It's just as simple as that. And uh, at the beginning of the book, he reminds us of what Jesus said about himself. And Jesus said, when, you know, when he says, come to me, for I'm gentle and lowly of heart. And it's, it's the only place where Jesus gives that sort of uh, unveiled, this is who I am, this is what I'm like. I'm gentle and lowly of heart. And when the Bible speaks of the heart, it's not merely a it's not merely a part of who the person is. You have to understand, it is the core of who they are. That's what it is. I mean, there are numerous aspects we would associate with Jesus. I, I, his authority, his majesty, and all of which is true. But the river, you know, the, the core, at the core of his being, the, the river that runs through his life is that he is gentle and he's humble. My friends, this is how he is towards you. <sighs> soak it up. Just soak up the kindness of God towards you. Otherwise, you will give yourself a really hard time. And he doesn't. He is for you and not against you. And I, then I picture, of course, the father in the story of the prodigal son. And, and the son's making his way back. And boy, has he made a hash of it. <laughs> And the father sees a long way off and starts the run, running to his son. A long way off, and he's running to his son. This is the heart of God. We've been adopted. Don't you ever think there's an ounce of reluctance on God's part towards you? Not at all. Not at all. Now I know adoption makes you a legal heir of of course, that would have clear implications in Paul's day. But what I don't want you to do is miss the heart of God towards you in, in all of this. Adoption means access and intimacy anytime, anytime. Sometimes we withdraw. He says, don't do that. Come, 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 come to me. And, uh, and it means to be part of God's family. One Christian writer says this. It's the highest privilege to be in the family of God, and he loves it. It's the highest privilege to be in the family of God, and he loves it. How is all this possible for you and me? Because we're in Christ. That's how it is. And then it goes in verse 7, we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So before I worked for the church... I worked at a building society, as some, a few of you from way back when remember. I worked, for a, I worked for a building society, and in those days, you did savings and mortgages, and it was all done at the local branch. And a, um, every now and then, a mortgage file would come across my desk. And on the mortgage file, it would, um, the, the final payment had been made, and I was just to confirm that the final payment had been made, and then stamped across the file would go, redeemed. Big block capital letters meant fully paid. Not a penny outstanding. 
We were beyond half peas at that stage. Not a penny outstanding. The whole lot redeemed. Why are all these blessings ours? We have been redeemed, my friends. We've been redeemed. The Bible tells us that Jesus died for our sins. Even that one. Even that one. I know that. I know that one. No, he died for us. Even that one. Fully paid. I, I, I couldn't pay for this. I had a debt to God I couldn't pay. It's all paid. The Bible tells us that we needed a savior. Why? Because we couldn't save ourselves. and I couldn't erase the stain of, of, of shame and guilt. I couldn't do that. And I reached out to Jesus telling him, I was so sorry for all that I'd done. And one of the things I noticed immediately was this. I just... God came and took it, all that shame and all that guilt. I remember the day we got a dishwasher. I was all for family around the sink until we got a dishwasher. And then I thought, this is the greatest thing man has ever made, a dishwasher. And I, and I heard an amen. And then um, and what struck me was this, that you would put those tea-stained cups, you'd put those tea-stained cups in the dishwasher, and they would come out spotless. That was me. When I came to Christ, I felt clean for the first time in my life. I clean on the inside. It was an amazing thing. I didn't realize how stained I was either. How true are those words, aren't they? His blood can make the foulest clean. And all through the Gospels, Jesus refers to God as his Father. And on the cross, it's the only time he, he calls his Father God. I don't know if you ever noticed that. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's almost as if he lost his sonship in order that we be brought into adoption. Jesus was put to death so that we could have life everlasting. My friends, why are all these blessings ours? They're yours. They are yours when you accept what Jesus has done for you and you rest in what Jesus has done for you. United with Christ, chosen, adopted, redeemed, and many other blessings besides. Have we got a clinky on here? Don't, no, it's all right, not to worry. Christian, I want to tell you, he loved us in our mess then. Do you not think he'll love us in our mess now? Of course he does. God is just as tender towards us now as he was the first time we came to him. The word of God says, he, he who began a good work will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He's on it. He's on it. So I want you to keep reminding yourself of God's wonderful, joyful blessings over your life. Running through it in Christ. Chosen. Adopted. Redeemed. Oh, please. Sink. It's just 
sink in the mercy and kindness of God this week. And then you will just give it away very naturally. Amen. Paul.